AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. It is 8.06 on this uh, Saturday morning, and we are sitting at 70 right now outside the WSAU studios. As we mentioned before, on our way to a daytime high near about 75, and we're also expecting some rain showers to be passing through the region uh, as well this afternoon. A rain, maybe we can maybe use a, uh, a good drink of rain out there on the lawns. We haven't gotten much since uh, last week. When we got an inch 60 in one day, at least as far as the uh, Leishner rain gauge goes on Wausau's west side, as we welcome in Merle Kelch live on the road today. Uh, Merle, how uh, was how was the concert last night? First off, we got to ask you the important uh, questions. She's absolutely phenomenal. Good morning, everybody. We're out here live at uh, Country Fest, and uh, by the way, the rain is coming. We're getting it right now, so... God bless uh, noise-canceling uh, uh, earbuds that have uh, noise-canceling microphones. Otherwise, you'll be hearing some rumbling of thunder and rain and everything else going on in the background. So hopefully we got a good signal from that. But Florida Georgia Line, last time they'll be in Wisconsin. So most people don't remember that uh, they're actually breaking up as a group, or as they're saying, taking a pause. Eh, that probably means breakup. But uh, uh, they were phenomenal last night. The unfortunate part is they don't start till 11 o'clock at night. So by the time we got back here to the camper, it was already some one o'clock and uh, make it early morning here, my friend. Very early morning. Yeah, I can I can actually vouch for that. I got a, a message from Merle last night at about uh, one ten or so, I think it was. And I, <laughs> I, I just kind of rolled over and uh, my cat had just woken me up for one reason or another. And I said, oh, boy, this is going to be uh, an interesting show today. Uh, and, yeah, and it turns yeah. out, yes, it is going to be. An interesting show because, well, for the first time in recent memory, and by recent memory, I mean about the last several weeks, we have a, some good economic news to talk about. First off, we had an up week on the markets. All of them were up, and that's the first time that's happened in, in a couple of months. And we also have some good news today uh, regarding home sales. The Commerce Department yesterday, Sales of new single-family homes jumped 10.7% in May. And, Merle, this was a surprise yeah. to both of us this morning. Yeah, um, uh, it really is a surprise. And, and one of the things I think happened to it is we've been having commodity prices dropping over the course of the last few weeks. And, of course, commodity prices, your wood, lumber, and all the other stuff that goes in the house have been dropping down, but dropped down pretty good in the last few weeks. And now uh, we may not, if you're out there buying it, you may not notice it yet. We're talking about the wholesale stuff, but... You know, that itself, uh, you know, again, tends to, to lead to, you know, is inflation starting to pull back or slow back a little bit? And that's, of course, the, the, the soup du jour in everybody's mind is what's happening with inflation rates. Of course, then address what's going to happen with interest rates. And that's the thing that's been slowing the housing marketplace is the rise of interest rates throughout the course of the past couple of months here. So um, good news. Um, I think it's fantastic. Um, the unfortunate part is you're also not going to get any 2.8% mortgages anymore, but you know, as I was just talking to uh, uh, you, Mike, here on off air, mm-hmm. you know, my first house had a 13% interest rate on it. So if we're still getting 4%, folks, that's still pretty pretty darn good if you're looking at it over the course of the last 30, 40 years. Yeah, you might be able to find some 4% rates out there, but uh, it seems that, uh, well, the, the prime rate, which, of course, is the rate that banks give their best customers uh, for most places, has jumped up above uh, 5% now. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're also seeing uh, average pri- average sale prices. Uh, this is another thing that economists are watching, and it seems like uh, d- it depends where you get your information from as to which direction this is going to go. Uh, but right now, the average sale price for a new home is at uh, over a half million, $510,000. So we are 
uh, at least for now, sitting strong in uh, in that area as well. It always amazes me uh, living in Wausau and I, well, Weston actually, but you know, you look at the price of homes and, and uh, you can have a nice home in Weston. You look at the amount of money you pay, so geez, I paid pretty good money for that. And then you have friends visit you from some of the larger cities, from one of the coasts, or even down south someplace, and they look at your house and go, "Oh my lord, how much you pay for it?" And their guess is always three times what ours is. Uh, and the amount of prices for the homes. And uh, my thought always is, is, you know, holy cow, we just live really in a sweet spot of the world here in Midwest. Um, and at the same time, I always go, how are these people affording these houses? You know, <laughs> that's how they're looking at, you know, uh, you know, boy, you see some of these houses, well, oh, I got a steal for $900,000. Well, you know what? I know how much you make and how the heck do you afford this? But, uh, it's interesting, but I'm happy the real estate market is going to come back. One, we need them. Um, we're not building enough houses yet for not only demand, uh, but what's called scrappage, for the houses that are falling apart, getting done, dilapidated, et cetera, et cetera, um, uh, replacing, of course, for storms. So we haven't been building enough of those as of late, and in the rising interest rate environment, I would have expected actually to worsen. So good, act, good news, actually. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, indeed. And uh, of course, in my job as news director, I talk to, you know, local leaders all over the place. And and the last probably two years, the refrain has been the same, whether it's Marshfield, Merrill, uh, Wisconsin Rapids, and even here in the Wausau area and a couple of places that I'm in regular contact with, is we just can't build the homes fast enough. It's something that's been on the minds, especially uh, of those in Marshfield, at one point in Marshfield, I believe they only had about eight lots that were suitable for building in the city, and that's in the whole mm-hmm. the whole city. So if you could uh, find a house there, you were certainly going to pay a premium for it, and that actually holds true in Marathon City as well. At one point, if you needed a rental in Marathon City, there was only like one or two available in in one month. So yeah, this yeah. is something that we need. Uh, to see turnaround here because uh, housing is obviously how you get people in here to fill the jobs that are open. Sure, sure. You know, Mike, you hit upon something with the rentals too. And so every, everything that keeps driving up a price adds to the inflationary effect that we're having right now and the problems that we're having with inflation. Um, rental prices right now are just absolutely insane. Uh, we have a friend or a friend of my wife's, long-term friend of my wife's, um, and through some of the storms that they had down in Illinois, of course, a tree went through the house, um, just about broke the house in half. So with it, they had a company come in and to you know, try to mitigate the water damage after the storm. But, I mean, you have a tree go through the roof, roof of your house, cut it in half. You're getting water coming in no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So, so with it, they you know try to get the roof you know, cr- or just patched up so it's not leaking anymore. Another storm comes through, rips that off, fills it up with water again. So these poor folks are just having a hard time. Well, they eventually found a place, but because it was short-term until their house gets replace or rebuild $5,300 a month is what the insurance company is being charged for the rent of this place. Just absolutely incredible to me, uh, the amount of uh, rent they had to have for short-term rental. I'm, I'm sorry, did you say $5,300 for a rental? I did indeed, yes. Wow. Yes. Because it was a short-term rental and that mm-hmm. was only going to happen and the insurance company agreed to a $5,300 a wow. month for yeah. short-term rental. Uh, Just... And- uh, yeah, of, of course, if you're not paying for it, I guess what difference does it make? But somebody is paying for it, and that, uh, yeah. you know, you see a number like that, and it's like, okay, well, what's the uh, what's the market set at if for a short term you're getting $5,300 a month, uh, and, and that's not in, you know, for a loft or something in the heart of downtown Manhattan? Yeah, 
it, and, and it's not. We're talking about the middle of Illinois. <laughs> Indeed. Um, just, just absolutely amazing to me. But it continues on. You know, we had a, a great market drive up, of course, this Friday. Um, and if you were watching the uh, markets throughout this past week, you had just like some palpitations of joy coming by, especially as a result of you look at the last three or four weeks where the market seems to have been down. In fact, it was down for the last three weeks in a row. And uh, I think there was only one little blip up in there. We had a few weeks below for that. So finally, it was a, a nice reprieve, for lack of a better term, to have the markets up, and they were up beautifully this week. Yeah, you know, and, and largely, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say yes, and, and and you know, one week, of course, one week does not like a a, a year or a, or a trend make, as the as the a re- version of the old saying would go. Uh, so obviously, I, I have always said, just don't even look at it right now. Maybe glance at it once a year, the four hundred one k retirement plans, anything like that. So that was going to be my question. You know, how much do we read into? one week of, of things going up. And, and you know, you're right. Um, we don't. But, man, it still feels good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what we have to look at is the reasons that the marketplace was going up this week and the belief that was happening inside of traders. And that's the part that gives you the better indication of, of what's going on. And essentially, um, what the belief was that um, if we're starting to see a growth slowing, which means we're seeing the economy slowing down a little bit, that might mean that the Federal Reserve is going to have a lighter touch with the term I read in my articles. Um, is maybe it's not going to increase interest rates as much. And, of course, all the stuff then goes with that. Well, maybe we don't go into a recession. Maybe this doesn't happen. And all that sort of stuff goes along with it. So that was like the major thing that was happening throughout the course of this week. Added to, as you've already mentioned before, Mike, the commodity price is dropping. So with that, then, um, people are saying, well, geez, you know, maybe this isn't so bad. So then we started seeing some of the tech shares picking up, and the tech shares, of course, uh, jumped up some 3% this past Friday. And, and so as a result, it drove the market up higher uh, because people can see, well, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. Um, are we hitting the uh, the light spot? Are we nearing the bottom? All that sort of stuff. And it just kept driving the markets up all week. Even Thursday, which started out with a, a negative futures in the morning, drove itself up positive and drove right through the negative futures and drew positive throughout the course of Thursday. So, um all in all, it was a great week. Folks, smile, have a great weekend, but then again, Monday is going to come. So in here, there's a couple things then. Let's chat about, and this is part of my personal opinion, and sure. we'll find some proof if some of this is going to be the case on June 28th. So folks, for no other reason, this is just a Merle Kelt sniff test. And I think there's something coming good that could be happening out of something bad. And here's the bad first. So, Mike, as you know and may have noticed, when you go to the fuel pump at the gas pump and you fill up, it mm-hmm. might be a little bit more than it was a year Slightly. ago. Have you noticed that? Slightly. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, we all have. So, now the second thing is, if I went around and I polled uh, many people, um, especially, the, let's say, people that are in their 30s and in 40s, early 40s, and the reason I'm picking on that age group is, is many people in their 30s and 40s have not gotten to that big major income push you start getting in 40s and 50s and you're at the peak of your career and that type of stuff so um, at that age you might have you know some savings and your savings a little bit more vulnerable if something happens you got to dip in the savings more often than cash and that kind of stuff so i'm not picking on anybody but what we're noticing now is that the m2 money supply in those scenarios which is the money inside of savings accounts and checking accounts that kind of stuff um it's starting to drop a little bit in in we're starting to notice it also in what's called hospitality workers, you know, people who are in the hospitality industry, um, you know, bartenders, waitresses, all that type of stuff. 
And we're starting to notice that that job climbing just jumped enormously uh, a few weeks ago when the numbers came out. And so I think the higher fuel price is starting to suck up that M2 money supply. And if anybody's listening, and Mike, you're probably going, uh, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> what that simply means is, folks, remember, the definition of inflation is, is too much money chasing too few goods. And so if we suck up that too much money chasing too few goods, we get sucked up in something. I think that helps with that inflationary problem that we're having. And we're starting to see that happen. Well, on the 28th, the Federal Reserve's announced where the M2 money supply is coming up in a few days here. And so that'll tell us whether or not, I think I'm right in here, that the fuel prices, though they stink, and I don't like them, and folks, I get a diesel truck for pulling campers around, mm-hmm. and I have to arrange financing before I fill up. Okay, that was an attempt at humor. <laughs> um, but um, in here, I think the fuel prices are starting to suck up some of that excess capital or cash is sitting around in the M2 money supply. It may very well end up helping us with an inflationary issue. Couple with that, the higher interest rates going on. So, you know, there might be a dim light at the end of the inflationary tunnel here, um, especially if we see on the 28th at the Federal Reserve, I'm not the Federal Reserve, but the numbers come up from the federal government, talking about what's happening with that M2 money supply that's shrinking. Yeah, you, you uh, yeah, and believe it or not, you know, I actually can understand what you're talking about there. And, and I'll give an example just again from my own life, not to make the show uh, about me or anything, but this is how I'm uh, seeing it. You know, all, all the extra that we're paying for goods these days, normally by now I would have made, say, two, uh, maybe even having another trip planned to the Twin Cities for a ball game or uh, to see friends or something like that, or even a trip down to Milwaukee. I haven't been mm-hmm. planning those which, of course, means I'm not going down to Milwaukee. I'm not getting a hotel room for the night. I'm not mm-hmm. uh, tipping a waitress or a waiter or something at Surly Brewing in the Twin Cities or at uh, Lake Monster. Obviously, you know, that's that's the sign right there that there's a little less uh, chasing and around money like that in the hospitality sure. industry. So I can I can actually vouch for that uh, just, just from sure. how I've this summer's been going for me. So if you take that, Mike, and you then add it to the person who says, well, I'm going to skip Starbucks this week, or um, I'm going to skip a couple of Starbucks, I'm not going to grab that. Well, maybe I'm going to brown bag at the work versus stopping someplace. And so all that creates a certain amount of what's called an economic multiplier effect, because uh, because you didn't buy the uh, extra um, latte, and so two other people, uh, maybe the, the restaurant then had, you know, 10 hours of, of labor hours that they cut out over the course of that week. And so all that tends to have an effect, and the reason the Federal Reserve is increasing interest rates is because it wants things to get a little bit more expensive. They don't want them to, but this is how it goes from an economic standpoint. They increase interest rates, and that then slows down the cash flow of money because it sucks up that cash because people then have to use up more cash because of the higher interest rates or the higher cost of goods. And so I think the fuel prices are having a good effect on a crappy problem, pardon my directness, um, and so maybe we see that inflation is increasing, I'm sorry, is decreasing. And as a result of it, the Federal Reserve doesn't have to increase interest rates as much. And hopefully thereby um, slowing down a recession. So I think that's all part of the big drive we saw happen, especially on Friday of the market this week. So we'll see. Um, we'll have more information as next week comes along and see whether or not the Merle Kell sniff test is actually having some sort of validity here. Uh, as he just mentioned, he is Merle Kelch. I'm Mike Leishner. We're making financial sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. 
We're going to take a quick timeout. Uh, we've been talking about all this good news. We haven't had a chance to uh, remind you that even though Merle is live on the phone, we do still have an open phone line. So if you have a question for Merle's, go ahead and give us a call at 715-845-2155. And uh, we will get to your calls, your questions uh, coming up next here on WSAU. AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and worldwide at WSAU.com as well. It is 825, and again, we're on our way to 75 outside uh, here in Wausau. It should be a great day for Chalk Fest, although as Merle Kelch can attest to, uh, there's likely some rain coming. So the chalk drawings in the 400 block uh, here in Wausau, you might need to enjoy them quickly uh, because who knows how long they are going to last. Merle, can you confirm, is it still raining over by Kadat? It is still raining and raining pretty steady. Okay, so the... the Let's just say that uh, we'll be staying inside of the camper much of the day today. Well, thank God it's supposed to clear up for Jason Aldean tonight, which is one of my favorites. Ooh, you know, that's one I I actually might uh, I might join you on, is Jason Aldean. Yeah. I, I certainly was not going to join you last night for uh, for Florida Georgia Line, but uh, but I digress. Uh, one thing we was going to ask you about, we said, you know, we had all this good news this week uh, coming out of the economic sectors. Uh, of course, two was about two, three weeks ago that the feds raised the interest rates by 75 basis points or three quarters of a percent. Are, are we feeling that right now? Is all this good news a result of that, Merle, or are we still a few months away from that? Well, we're likely not feeling the three quarters of a percent at this point in time. There's always such a lag when an interest rate goes up and before it starts having an effect in the economy. So um, more than likely what we're starting to see right now, if we're seeing any reprieve from uh, from inflation right now, would be more as a result of the original um, half a percent that was increased. And so we're starting to see if that happens. That's what so many economists are saying that the Federal Reserve right now um, is way behind the game from an inflationary standpoint, saying that it should have started a lot earlier when the first whiffs of inflation started. They should have started increasing rates then. So uh, some of my favorite economists keep saying that the Federal Reserve should increase interest rates even faster than did, rather than having a 75 basis points, maybe should have done a 1%, even one and a quarter, some are saying, just because the Federal Reserve is behind the eight ball. You, know, you think about it, just because the Federal Reserve increased the interest rates three-quarters of a percent with them, it hasn't had a chance to filter down into your world and my world um, because it's got to get through the rest of the banking system and financial system first where everything else becomes a little bit more expensive. So as a result, not yet, but um, certainly it's going to start coming relatively soon. Um, if I had to guess, within the next 30 to 60 days, we'll have more of the effect of this latest 75 basis point. Um, but I think more importantly, the thing that, that I talked about, that's sucking up the, the extra money out there, um, I think right now is fuel costs. Uh, I think that's the thing that's having um, uh, an effect of an unintended consequence um, uh, that the Fed is probably smiling, going, oh, this makes our job a lot easier. Let's keep it going. I don't want to keep one, but I mean, that's an effect that's occurring. So are, are you saying get those credit cards paid down now? Because I would guess uh, if you haven't been applying for loans or something like that, the, the, most, uh, the most impact that these rate increases are going to have is probably on your credit cards, which might go from, say, 18 or 16 percent up to 20 percent or wherever closer to the top is of your card, whatever that may be. Well, always a good reason to have your credit card paid off. Of course. Uh, you know, credit card makes it, you know, easy for us to borrow money for a short-term period of time when we need something. But long-term, the interest rates we have are always terrible. Now they're going to go up. Um, but the other part of that, too, is if we do end up in a recessionary event, and if I had to guess we're going to have one next year, 
Um, I mean, that's my guess. It's from what I'm reading, what I'm seeing. We're seeing the economists, the people we watch, probably next year. When you go to a recessionary event, you don't want to have a credit card. You want to end up having that thing empty um, or empty, paid off. You don't want to have any credit cards for two different reasons. Um, one is um, if should something happen, you get laid off, things get slower, you don't have an extra payment to play. And the other reason is if you do get laid off and something gets slower, you at least have some extra cash you can access in an emergency if you need to, if you don't have it. So it's still a good idea to make sure you have that thing paid off yet. But um, I think that's uh, uh, always a good move is to have, to have that stuff paid off. And if you're like me again, uh, it's an extra $2 every month or a week or so that you can save for the down payment of a card, or of a new car, depending on you know, if you have the GM card or if you get uh, any other yeah. sort of cashback rewards. And then that money is essentially free to you if you're not paying interest on it. Yeah, whenever you have the opportunity to pick up some free cash like that, it's always a great idea. I am very, very pro-free cash. It's 829 on this uh, Saturday morning. He is Merle Kelch again, live from uh, Country Fest in Kadat. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk more about uh, some of the good news that uh, that ended up happening this week. I may en- end up asking Merle uh, how much my non-fungible token that I have from an event <laughs> recently is worth as well. Uh, for those of you that are regular listeners of the show, you know what he thinks about uh, the non-tactile investments that can't be you know touched or seen or felt. We'll we'll talk about that. We got more coming up, but first uh, we're going to take a check of the news here on AM five fifty FM nine. It is eight thirty four on this Saturday morning, and we are on our way to a daytime high of seventy two. Rain showers again expected sometime this afternoon around one two o'clock or so here in the Wausau area. So we are making financial sense with Merle Kelch here on AM five fifty FM ninety nine nine WSAU and worldwide at WSAU dot com as well. Merle, you've gotten at least one. Uh, text from somewhere else in the country. So we we, we are did. reaching we throughout the United States, <laughs> at least. <laughs> you know, excuse me. I've got a lot of great friends that listen from all over the place. My friend lives in Florida and, and uh, cheers to you. Uh, just sent me a text. He was listening to talking about real estate. He said he lives off Highway 27 in Florida in the Claremont area. And he said right now there's 5,500 new homes available in a five-mile stretch, he said there's a new subdivision going up every two to three months. That's how strong the housing market is and still is in Florida. So we can pick that up almost anywhere to um, uh, latch on to what you were saying before, Mike, in mm-hmm. regards to Marshall and other areas that there's just no places opening. So that's to keep popping up. And so the real estate market is good, and if commodity prices are dropping down, hopefully that helps stabilize things. You know, and and I I can think of a reason or two you would want to live in Florida, of course, in this day and age where you can work virtually anywhere uh, and, you know, work remotely and dial in through a high speed Internet connection, things like that. Of course, in Florida, you have no state income tax. You have uh, relatively moderate cost of living, although if there's 5000 new homes going up, something tells me that the cost of living down there is eventually uh, going to going to catch up as well. Uh, so you can you know you got great weather. You might have to deal with a hurricane once every other year or so, or maybe once a year depending uh, on yeah. the season. But I can think of a few good reasons that you'd want to want to move to Florida and live there if you can work remote. Yeah, um, look, I, I agree with you. Um, Florida, of course, no income tax and property tax if you're a resident there, uh, enormously low, if not uh, zero. But they still get you everywhere else. I mean, my, my friends who live down there, the, you know, the wheel tax in your cars and the licensing and that whole bit and 
all the other stuff. They're still getting it. The state still has to continue to come up with the money to be able to pay the different services and so forth that a state and municipality has to. So those prices are still coming up all over the place no matter what. I just noticed for the first time ever, I just had to take a grunt sitting up in my chair on air. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, if if you've got uh, any questions for Merle, go ahead and give us a call as well. We do have an open phone line for you, even though Merle is joining us uh, remote at 715-845-2155. Again, that's 845-2155. We'll be happy to take your call on air. Of course, our, our idle uh, chatter and chit chat is all just to uh, to fill time and and hopefully uh, if you don't have a question at the very least uh, entertain you in in one way or another and you know it brought brought up uh, working remotely working from home the high speed internet connections uh, Merle you've actually invested in some uh, high speed internet equipment uh, from one have, Elon yeah, Musk yeah. give us an idea of how that's going we have well. We, we bought it, we tried it out, of course. Uh, folks, in the summertime, I'm a big camper. We've got a big group of us that go camping pretty regularly. And last week, we were out in Cribbits, which, if you know where Cribbits is, great little town, but they just have terrible services like the rest of us when you start getting out remotely. And so knowing where we're going to be, we picked up a, I picked up one of the um, Starlink RV um, satellite issues, of course, Starlink is the um, Internet Everywhere thing by Elon Musk. He's putting up with all these satellites up in space. And uh, with that being the case, we picked it up, and it just works absolutely amazing. And so we tried to stress it out last week as much as possible. Um, and uh, we tried it out, and it worked great. It sets itself up. You basically put it out in the grass, and you uh, uh, turn on your phone. In fact, one of the things that I thought was amazing here, Mike, is the instructions. It had a, a big card, and it had three pictures. Turn it on. Plug it in, turn on your phone, and that was it. <laughs> really? um, it did everything else by itself. Yeah, I mean, it set itself up through a, a phone app. Uh, did all the work, the dish, everything spins around, finds the satellites, locks it in, tells you where it goes, how it goes. And so we at one point in time had eight cell phones going. I told people, stream, do whatever you wanted to. We even had one of the young guys was gaming at the same time, and it handled all of it flawlessly at the same time. And while it was going, I did a voiceover internet phone call um, back to my office. So the product was tremendous. In fact, folks, what you don't know is uh, uh, last night we sent a text to Mike mm-hmm. and said, let's do a tryout in the morning at 7 o'clock because if it didn't work, I was going to go outside uh, satellite dish and in the rain uh, to uh, make sure that everything was going to work the way it was supposed to. So cool technology that's out there right now, especially those of you that live out the home. No kidding. And uh, you should see the technology that I just used to uh, to pick up the phone line. If For those of you that haven't seen it, it is a very outdated uh, switcher. But hey, it just picked up the phone line at 715-845-2155. And we have a caller now who is going to ask Merle a question, and they are both going to be on the same phone line. So hey, great technology today and yesterday as well. Caller, go ahead. Yes, go, good morning. Go ahead. Good morning. This is Tim. Just a quick question for Merle. Uh, For us old-timers who got to have money in the bank that's just been sitting there and and, uh, not making anything, when will these interest rates start trickling down to to, uh, um, increase our funds a little bit? Well, Tim, I wouldn't expect it to come anytime soon. Um, the, I, I think I, I think interest rates at banks are sort of like the gas prices at the pump. Any you know any uh, whiff of them to uh, except for the pump, but any whiff up, they go fast up, slow down, 
uh, banks are slow down fast, are, are you know, fast down, slow up, and I think that's the case. So oh. we're going to see something going up, especially as competition starts coming into the banking sector. It wouldn't surprise me yeah. at the end of the year you start seeing interest rates going up at the bank. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that even if they take interest rates of 3% at the bank, which would be fantastic, um, inflation right now is eating that up, so you're still not ahead yeah. of the problem where many people are, are forgetting. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't see it at the bank um, um, anytime real fast. Maybe you'll start seeing some increases towards the latter part of the year. Remember, there's that yeah. lagging effect. So the increase in interest rates hasn't made it down to the rest of the banking sector as of yet. So I, I can't expect to see, like, uh, like my folks and my wife folks uh, making 12 percent on their money. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, probably not in either one of our lives ever again. <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> you know, Tim. I can remember I first started out in this business in, in 1988, and so I remember seeing some of my first clients. And this would have been about 1990, 1991, somewhere in there. And we had a client that came in and said, "My bank is offering me five uh, percent interest guaranteed for ten years." I said, "Take it." He said, "Well, yeah. you don't get any business for that." I said, "Well, if, if I do the right thing for you, I'll get business for the long term, but you're not going to find that interest rate ever again." And, and, you know, so you kind of had to go through a quick history of what interest rates in place were. Yeah. I'm, I'm doubting, Tim, that you and I in our lifetime, and I hope we don't, um, yeah. I don't think we see that type of interest rates ever again. Yeah. So the, but, the uh, long-term average for the banks is about 35 to 4% if you throw the 80s in there. Um, yeah. So the expectation of going much higher than that just really, uh, uh, it's not going to be there. We won't see that again. <laughs> well... <laughs> I guess that answers my question. All right. Well, good luck on the, the your quest for a little bit higher rate of return. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Thanks, thanks Tim. Tim. Take care. Yeah. Bye. You know, Again, Mike, 715-845-2155 or 715-845-2155 is the number. Yes, Merle. You know, Kim, Tim, Tim, Kim, Tim. Bob, whatever it is. I wrote Tim down. I have an assistant named Kim, and I hit them both together at the same time. <laughs> um, Mike, we've been getting a lot of calls on the same thing that Tim is, was asking about, saying higher rates of returns when it's going to happen. And with that, um, we tend to get then um, questions where saying, well, geez, I can get a better interest rate from uh, a stock here. I can better get an interest rate from a preferred stock or a bond. Should I buy those? Which direction should I go? And, and on that, um, there's some really good places we can look at to try to find some interest. Right now, um, the place we would want to look at if we want to make sure we're still having cash flow coming in for bills expenses, um, dividend stocks are pretty good ideas. You know, and I'm not telling you folks to run out and go buy these right now. Maybe make sure I put this live this thing in there. I'm not saying it's the right thing for you that you have to do. Go talk to your financial professional. Make sure it's right for you. But there's some questions at least you can ask um, uh, from here. You know, so, in here, um, a lot of there's a number of stocks that are out there that pay a pretty good dividend, and your dividend yield has jumped up quite a bit. Here's why: you know, if you have a stock that's at twenty dollars paying a five dollar dividend, um, that's great. But if now it drops down to ten dollars in stock price for the five dollar dividend, its dividend yield just went up because as a percentage of the total. And, and there's a lot of stocks that are out there that are high quality stocks paying three, four, five percent dividends that are high-quality stocks and names and brands that you would know the name of. And so you'll see a shift of some money starting to go into them. You know, folks, 50, 60 years ago, 
Uh, people didn't buy the stock because they thought it was going to have big growth. Um, they bought it because it was going to pay a dividend. Whatever happened afterwards was, was okay, but they wanted that dividend because it was more than was being paid at the bank. Kind of like what Tim was just talking about now. Mm-hmm. They'd have somebody go up and buy XYZ Utility Company because it paid a great dividend. Um, and as the stock went up, great, they got extra bonus on top of it, but they wanted that dividend with that interest check to keep coming. And so, you know, a lot of companies are looking at A lot of people are doing that. And there's mutual funds that do that stuff. And that's a natural progression that occurs as the economy starts slowing down and people want to make sure they still have checks coming in. So another part of that people have been asking questions about are preferred stocks. We'll get people saying, well, geez, I get a preferred stock and I get a great interest rate on it. It's going to pay me an interest rate. And, folks, I'm making this up, but I want to talk about the preferred stock portion for just a second. Um, um, you know, I'm getting a great interest rate on my preferred stock, for example. I'm getting 6%. That's great. And I still get the stock. But people don't realize the preferred stock, a preferred stock isn't designed to have any growth. They're usually hinged right around $25 a share. And you may have them for five years or 10 years, and they're always going to be right about that $25 per share. They really don't have that growth. They get the income. So the preferred is for the preferred um, or preferential treatment to interest and income, which is the dividends. So you get paid first before common stockholders and this whole bit, but it's not designed to really have any growth to it. And then I might as well continue on down this kind of a list here, but other things people are asking about is, do I want to have convertible stocks? Um, convertibles did really, really well the last few years, um, and they still might have some likes to them, but not like they were two years ago where you're seeing preferred bond funds, I'm sorry, convertible stock funds, um, and they're converting to uh, uh, convertible bonds, and they're going up you know, 18%, 16%. Well, that's, that's gone, but a convertible bond is pretty handy in that you buy the bond in a bond fund, and if that particular stock that is hinged to that convertible bond starts going up, it can be converted from a bond into a stock, and you still get the growth of the stock at the same time and the conservatism of the bond. And so they're pretty handy. A little complex. Again, talk to your financial professional folks. But it's a way you can have income, and if the stock of the underlying company takes off, you also get the growth of the stock at the same time, so kind of the best world. But in a convertible and a preferred stock, you don't have a long life in holding those investments. It's not like holding AT&T, for those of you who are listening, remember, you can hold A&T and you probably got it from your grandpa and grandma uh, 40 years ago and they bought it. It doesn't quite work that way with those two. They're usually short-lived because of the rising interest rate. Somebody says, well, we'll take those back and give you new ones at a lower yield. 715-845-2155 is the number. We've got a uh, caller that's been on hold here for a while. We'll get to them right now. Caller, good after or good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Uh, good morning. This is Ron. Good morning. Hey, I'm kind of going over to your last caller. I'm kind of the same way. I've been a lot of money on the sideline. Uh, so I've been waiting for this market to bottom out. And I kind of, the way it sounded, you're saying it, it kind of things are starting to look up to the market. Yes. Would this now be a good time to get money into the market? Well, of, you know, let me make sure. It? Let me make sure I say that. Um, yeah, I don't know it's exactly right for you. Again, I have to make sure I preface it to say, you know, talk to your financial professional um, or, you know, call somebody. Uh, certainly welcome to call us. Um, to, to make sure it's the right thing for you. But um, I can say that for myself personally and for our clients, we've been buying in consistently over the course of the last number of weeks. We've been buying in consistently putting money in. 
Uh, we have clients that are coming in. We're getting them ready to go for retirement. We just have to do it not differently, but we just have to be more deliberate in how we do so. So um, in here, we look at it and say, is there an individual stock that the stock price is so good that we'd like to own it in two and three years from now? And if the answer is yes, well, great. It just went on sale probably by anywhere between 18 to 25%. We just went and bought it on sale. And uh, as your wife can tell you, you never buy things full retail. You always get it on sale, right? Yeah, we got that right. <laughs> okay, so so then you look at it and say, okay, are there things that we can pick up and buy on sale? But you're not buying it for today and tomorrow or a year from now. You're buying it two and three years out, and then there's just a whole host of high-quality stuff you can look at and purchase for that. If we're looking now, at our income, go ahead. Are stocks, individual stocks, better than, like, mutual funds, you know, at any certain period of time? Hello? We lose you. Hello, are you there? Yep, we're there. Go ahead. Yeah, are like when you talk about stocks, are buying individual stocks better than funds? Is it in a in a time like this when the market is kind of volatile? You know what's interesting in here is I've been in this business for thirty years, and I can tell you there are some parts of the year I shouldn't say some parts of the year, but sometimes where. Um, mutual funds are do better than individual stocks, and individual stocks do better than mutual funds. My suggestion is always to have both. So mutual funds, we have a little bit more of a cost to them because we're paying for the you know, mutual fund manager to fix the stocks and do what they think is the best thing to do. Um, but they have a lot more research than you and I would. I mean, they've got hundreds of people on staff researching thousands and thousands of stocks to see which ones filter down to the you know dozen they want to buy, for example. And so from that, I think it's a good idea because they really help with the diversification. Um, but they're gonna, they might miss that one stock or those two stocks or three stocks that are really going to take off because it doesn't fit the model that they might have. Um, so it's not a bad idea to have both, to have both of them. But I always caution people on individual stocks. With individual stocks, if you're going to buy one or two, you're just opening yourself up to a huge exposure of volatility. You got to have at least, you know, getting up in the eight to ten individual stocks market to be able to give yourself some diversification. And so I always want right. to make sure I preface that with individual stocks. But I like individual stocks, uh, um, and so in my portfolio, I'll just be direct for everybody on this. Um, I have a third of my portfolio individual stocks, two thirds mutual funds, and that's what I do. But now again, I've got the the eight to twelve individual stocks. I don't have mutual funds that are, that are, I'm sorry, I don't just have a couple. I have a number of them. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. So that way I'm getting the best of all worlds in my, in my mind. Okay. That's good Good information. Okay. I hope that helps out. So, um, again, back okay. to the original question, I can't say, talk to your financial professional, but we've been buying in and buying uh, stuff on sale that I've liked for years. We've been buying it for the course of the next several months. Uh, in fact, uh, on this next camp experience, we get done. There's a couple of other stocks that I like. I've been looking at. I'm going to buy a few more. All right. Sounds All right. Great. All right. Thank okay. you again. Seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. I think we can squeeze one more caller in here before we have to take our last break in the show. So we will go to that phone line. Good. Uh, uh, good morning. You're on making financial I, sense I with Merle Kelch. I follow up. I want to make a follow up statement about the life in Florida. My father moved down there two years ago, my brother, the wife, their kids, their grandkids, and all that kind of stuff. The uh-huh. price of uh, goods, services, commodities, size, uh, should, uh, uh, overall 
cost of living down there is outrageous. And and, and there's there's big articles in the paper. They all want to get out, but they can't move back to Wisconsin because there's no place to move. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and there's big talk down there because of the, the everybody moving there. They're going to run out of power under the current administration's uh, guidelines. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make anybody's <laughs> thinking about going down there, do your research. Sure. Plus, plus, yeah. you know what the uh, you know what the state law is uh, down there in Florida, right? Every every time you leave a place, you have to go through a gift shop. Oh, it's terrible! And, 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 and the crowds in the in the heat. Of My course, dad, he says he can't go outside. He can't go outside in the winter, and everybody down there lives inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, just want to keep everybody do your research before you go down there because you may not like what you get. I'm, I'm a ja- I'm a Jaguars fan. I've been to Florida once, and uh, it was actually the fourth warmest Green Bay Packers game on record. It was the 2016 season opener. Yeah, the people live in air conditioning down there. To go they, from uh, air conditioned house, air conditioned car to air conditioned office, back to the mm-hmm. air conditioned car, back to the air conditioned house. At uh, at one point, the you know the giant uh, the giant video board they have at uh, at TIAA Bank Stadium, it had uh, a, a graphic that said the temperature in Green Bay was like seventy six, and in Jacksonville it was ninety six, and it felt like about one hundred and ten down on the field. Oh, it's, yeah. it's just, uh, I, I I I only can. We get two two days here strung together like that, and everybody's complaining. <laughs> no yeah, doubt yeah. about it. So true. All right. You guys Th- have a great day. You as well. Thanks for the Thank call. You. We appreciate it. It is 8.54. We'll come back and wrap the show up after this here on WSAU. Right now, it's Chris Conley with this day. All right. There we go. Now we're back for the final uh, two and a half minutes here. I'm making financial sense with Merle Kelch on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. Uh, Merle, you had one quick thought before we go. I had one quick thought, and that was we, we saw a lot of this last week, and then uh, none of it this week. So it's an article by Mark Holbert, and, uh, and please pop it up if you want to, folks. It's always an interesting read. This kind of goes back to when we had the caller saying it was now a time to buy. And so the title of the article is, you know the bear market is nearing to an end when anxious investors push the panic button. And it, it just the, the name of the just the name of it itself starts talking about, you know, when we're at the bottom is when people start panicking. And we had so many calls a week ago saying, oh, the world's falling apart. Um, I'm not sure what to do. You know, help me with the investments. Is this good? Do I need to get out? And that kind of stuff. And this is where, um, in my industry, we turn from um, consulting to counseling. And uh, in here, we got to try to get people from jumping off the ledge and that kind of stuff and, and getting them through. Well, what tends to happen is if the market's dropping down, dropping down, you get a thing called capitulation. And they talk about inside of this article, and it's good to understand because usually if you think this is the world's worst thing to do, i got to get out of it, I'm going to lose out of my money, it's usually you should do the opposite. Um, typically, if you think the market's falling apart and it's so bad you need to get out, that's the time to look around and say, well, let's get a couple more bucks and put it in because the price is down. And usually you start hitting that bottom of that capitulation. Um, it's usually about the time the bottom hits and then people start going in and the market starts going back up. So if you're the investor that is usually saying, well, geez, I always sell when it's at the bottom, you have that emotional struggle and capitulation, um, and then usually your thought is backwards, and it's the most difficult thing to always have when you're seeing your hard-earned money going down in value is to have the discipline to hang back in there and then to have the fortitude to say, well, we're going to buy some more back in again. Uh, but it's the time that we're in right now and, and we're seem to be somewhere in the middle of that sweet spot. So who knows what day it's going to be or week or month. 
that, but we're certainly in that area right now where people are starting to have those types of concerns. Indeed. He is Merle Kelch. Stop by and see his office on Bridge Street in Owasa. And Merle, we will return you to your regular host, Tom King, next week. All right, my friend. Talk to you soon. Yep.